0: Parsha's Balosha, balancing creativity and initiative with deference to authority and mitzvah. The parsha opens with the menorah, and Chazal explain why. Chazal say that Aaron was troubled that neither he nor his shavuot participated in last week's parsha's Hanukkah hanasiyim all the naseem the princes of all the Shvatim, offered Karbanos and Aaron, and the Levim had no place in it. So Aaron felt bad. So Hashem comforts him. Comforts him with the menorah. You are greater than them, than all of these Naseem, because you kindle the menorah. The Chazal is well known. We learn it from the time we're this tall. But it begs so many questions. Question number one. Aaron you're the man as we would say in America today. You do all of the avota. You and your shaven. And yet exclusion from one hakrava? From one offering? Makes you feel bad? This seems disproportionate is question one. Question two. Question two is why in fact do the Levim and Aaron not have a role in the Hanukkah Sanasim and last week's Farshim? And question three is, why is the consolation the menorah? Why in the menorah? Hashem could have told him my argument. You sacrifice the Tana, you eat the Lechem and so forth. We will see how all of these questions point to a core yesod, core concept. What we have to do now is we have to develop what the offering of the Nassim was all about and what the magic was to that offering of the Nassim, which makes Aaron and his tribe of Levi feel so excluded not to be part of it. The offerings of the Nassim were offerings of nidava, spontaneous avodah creative avodah without Hashem telling them to do so. They were so motivated benid slave from, from self-initiation to bring these karbonas. And you appreciate from this perspective why it is Shivatam, the tribes bringing these karbonas. Because each Shavat represents what? Rugged individuality a sense of self, a different path in serving Hashem, so much so that we're taught in Kabbalah that each of the Shvatim had a different Nusach right? HaTvila because each Sheva has a different approach it's the concept of my own approach my own way of doing things we are not simply monolithic aye or soldiers who all do the same thing soldiers who are conditioned to be all the same with crew cuts, to lose all sense of personal bearings. No, Yiddishkeit is not that way. We celebrate individuality as Shvatan, each one brought, expressed, spontaneity, and pouring of emotion. And this, right, correct, which as many Mafarshan developing in last week's Pasha shows us, that one need not find individuality by doing differently, but outpouring of personal emotion can within itself be an expression of emotion. You and I can both have a mincha, and we're having the same mincha, but it's a deeply personal mincha. Because I talk to Hashem through those words of the Amida different than you do. Correct. Plus, they, but, were, they didn't collude on it, they, they all raised okay, so. Well, so hold, so hold that thought. Hold that question about collusion. Collusion is a word which has been forever more adulterated after the last press. I don't know if I want to use it. <laughs> right? But let's develop further this idea how the Hanukkah scene was all about, Spartanity. Who had the Eureka thought? Who had the idea? Lahakarev? Whose idea was it? Which one of the 12 Shmantim? So Rashi tells us, citing the madrash, that it was Nisan al-Benzur from the tribe of Yesachar. And that's one of the reasons why Rashi tells us Nisan al was given the coveted number two position right after Yehuda, right after the kingly tribe. It's because Nisan al from Yesachar thought of this idea. Which gives us the question, what was it about Nisan al What was it about the Sheva Yesachar, which brought them to this realization? Well, notice, Rashi mentions a second reason why Shevet Yisachar was granted the coveted number two spot amongst the Shavuot in the last week's Parsha. Not only was it Shevet Yisachar, i.e. Nisanal Bansur's idea, but Shevet Yisachar has the midah, the trait of bina, the ability to extrapolate and develop new thoughts. As the Pesach says, which is the source for the fact that shevet Yisachah were the members of the Sanhedrin, those who would issue halachic rules. You see, shevet Yisachah's trade of Bina is all about Torah Shabalpah. It's all about man's creativity, man's ability to take Hashem's Torah. And do all sorts of new things with it, tease out new meanings from it. Because being extrapolation means you take a teaching from the source and you expand it, you extrapolate it, you deduce, you take Torah to Sav, the words of Hashem, and you develop from it your own ideas. That is why Shaivat Yisachar is the Shaivat of the Sun Those who offer creative rulings, who develop their own thoughts. So no longer is it a coincidence. That Shevet Yisachar of all the Shvatim is the one who has a new idea. Who has the inspiration for spontaneity in Hakra V'shanesim. Because this was the tribe all about creativity. They taught, they modeled man's ability to say, Hashem, I am going to take your Torah and do things with it and leave my mark The, have that confidence that Hashem wants an engaged Klal Yisroel. Not a Klal Yisroel who are eye eye but a Klal Yisroel who is engaged and creative and has initiative. Whether it is in Torah Shabbat, Pan, Torah, Talmudic Naavalei as shevet Yisachar did or whether it was in this Karbanos Hanasim. So we see this Karbanos Hanasim which was sparked by shevet Yisachar is the consummate, is the very exemplification of man's initiative in And the notion that Yiddish Kite celebrates initiative. It all comes together. Now we can begin to empathize and sympathize with Aaron and grapple with the idea of why he and his tribe were excluded. Because Aaron and Shevat Levi, their role is what? To be the Ove, to be Hashem's servants, to do the Avodah. The very word Avodah from the word Evan means to submit. They are the I I Sir type of people. It's their job to say, "I surrender self and submission to Hashem, and Av." I do not have a personal self. I'm going to suggest that for Shavuot, Levi to take part in the Hanukkah Hanaseim, which was the very glorification, the very celebration of self and creativity in Yiddishkeit, would have undermined the role of Levi and undermined the role of Aaron. And you see this this characteristic. Of Aaron and Shavit Levi, that their role was to never tow the line, to do exactly as they were told. You see it in our parish and beyond, because what are we taught concerning the menorah? Vayas Kain Aaron, the Pusik says, Aaron did exactly as he was told in kindling the menorah. This teacher says, Rashi, the praise of Aaron that he didn't change. And the Mepharshim asks, what does it mean the praise of Aaron, he didn't change? What would have been the desire to change, to deviate? The answer is, Aaron might have looked for self-expression here in the avodas Hashem. I am going to give my own little twist, not in violation of the halacha, that goes without saying he wouldn't, but I'm gonna give my own nusach, my own little kfetch in the nusach, so to speak. But that was not Aaron as kain Godel, he is Mr. Aye so that is his contribution. And the power of this understanding of Aaron and Loshina becomes even more apparent from a panoramic view of Rashi al-Torah and really the Chumash itself. Because you will see this is not a self-contained Pesach and self-contained Rashi here in Pashat Zavah when it says Vayaske and Llamich Loshina. You will find this again and again throughout Chumash that Aaron and his children, the Pesach, will say they do as they were told and Rashi will comment they didn't change. For example, almost cut and pasted from our Rashi and Baal if you scroll back to Parashasach Remus, to Avodos Yom HaKippur, to the worship on Yom Kippur, it says there too, by Yas Aaron, Aaron did exactly as he was told in offering the Yom Kippur, Karbanas and Rashi says the same thing, he didn't deviate right or left. Likewise, you look back in Parsha Sav, when Aaron and his children were first induced and inaugurated to be Kohanim. It says, Vayah, Subhadei Aaron, Aaron and children did exactly as they were told. to Rashi Shaloshina. So here we have the notion of Loshina not deviating, echoing and reverberating throughout the Chumash Pirush Rashi Al-Torah. And that was when the, you put it all together, it becomes so apparent. This is Aaron. That was the promise of the we're getting, we're, getting we're getting there, 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 yes. Great minds think alike. Hold that thought. We're getting there. I, I was thinking that too, by the way. He's a plant. Hold on, guys. I was thinking that too, but Hold on, yes. We're getting there. So now you begin to understand how on one hand, the celebration of creativity, of a Yiddish cre- which engages the person and celebrates spontaneity. In the Hakralasana Sea. Aaron and the tribe of Levi have no part, but at the same time, you begin to appreciate the morbidity, the sadness, the sense of being dead. I am just a robotic, wooden, ovate. The whole engagement, creativity, passion of Idesah which all of the Shavuot perhaps exemplified, we said by you Yisachar, but really the Jewish people at large. Look at the way they worship, and I don't have a place in this. I am that sterile piece of wood. it now becomes brilliantly apparent what I am struggling with. And very understandable why Hashem would not simply answer him with, Well, you sacrifice the karbon tamid, you eat lechem upon him. Well, those carbonos do not respond to iron's frustration. Carbonos, which are simply executing a task he was told to do, if anything, validate the problem and don't seem to offer the solution the way we are learning. So now, there's a palpable tension here on the part of iron. This really, really resonates. And I want to underscore this further. I want to prove we at least trace clues here that this is the issue which Haram was struggling with. Well, as was said, there's an unmistakable coincidence in quotes in the story that we'll bring this out. The Hanukkah Sanasi began when? What was the first day when the first Nasi offered? Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which was the final day of the Miluam, when Nachshon Ben Aminad of the Nasi of Yehuda offered. Well, what else happened on that very day when the Nassim began to worship? What do we know back in Parshish Shmini? None of the iron sons are struck dead for over what? Eish, Zara, Shagul, Strange fire that they were not commanded to break. Or creative fire. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh. exactly. Now, of course, we can draw many a distinction between the Kabbalah Nassim and the Kabbalah of Nassim. We could split hairs, as we tell me the were so prone to do. But from a big picture perspective, is the contrast not powerful? That on the very day that, for other creativity was being celebrated in the form of carbon, of Hanukkah, in the first carbon of the Nesiim, on that very day, Aaron's children were struck down for creative worship. palpable. Can you imagine? When you put Parshat Shmini now side by side with Parshat Nasr and Parshat Bavos here, it's so powerful. The te- it, 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 to me, the tension is so thick in the air you could almost cut it. them and them. Creative worship, and we are told to be a piece of wood, don't step out of line. Don't have a little us. Z- and I want to take this even further. The more we think about this the more the clues to this perspective begin to surface. I, I want us to appreciate just how in your face to Aaron this contrast was between his children being struck dead that day and then the Seem being, while well, the Seem are being glorified for spontaneous worship. Because let's think about the Nasi, the tribal prince on that day, Rosh Chodesh Rishhtan, <clears throat> Who worshipped right on the heels of Nadav and Aviv's death? Who was he? Nachshon Ben Aminatov, the prince, the nasi of Yehuda. Is there any connection? Is there any relationship between Nachshon Ben Aminadav and Aaron, whose son's been struck dead? Oh boy, Nachshon Ben Aminadav was Aaron's brother-in-law. Nachshon's sister Anishava, we know from Parashas Vayera, married Aron. Wow! Now the tension has just become thicker. Now we have mixed family rivalry, brothers-in-law, all of those complicated, dramatic, toxic issues into the picture. Your wife's brother is being celebrated knocked on, for the very cause that you and your children have been struck because of the coincidence is too great to believe that there's not some sort of interplay here and that the Torah dosha does not want us to note something about this contrast it's bullseye it's head on, this had to have been Aaron's issue, the, the, the pieces are coming together too powerfully too dramatically, I don't know what people's familial issues are, what skeletons they have in the closet. My blessings to you are you have no skeletons in the closet, you've got along great with your brothers as well. But I think all of us can appreciate that scene this way, as his brother-in-law on that day whose spontaneous worship is celebrated versus his children are being struck dead for that issue. The, the, the contrast cannot be ignored. Even more so. Study with me. Let's bring out the power of this contrast even further. Listen with a sensitive ear to the name of the Nasi whose carbon is being celebrated that day to the victims who are being struck dead. Listen carefully. Nachshon ben Nadav. And now let's mention the names of the victim and Morty got it right away. Nadav and Avihu. You trace the commonality? Nashum ben Ami, Nadav. You have the word Nadav in there. Versus Nadav and Avihu. Of course, the name Nadav means what? Nidava means what? A gift. a gift, i.e., a voluntary, spontaneous carbon. I have no doubt when you kind of follow this on a family tree. Think about this a second. Think a little. A little genealogically with me here. Nadav and Aviv aren't <coughs> children. Their mother is Elisheva. Natshav and Aminadav is their uncle. Correct, Morty? Which makes of their maternal Zeta. I have no doubt that the name Nadav somehow links back to their maternal grandfather, Aminadav. No, the coincidence is too great? I don't know if he was alive, if he was dead, is it a riot? The Ashkenazim and the Spartan, naming after living deceased, I, that I don't know. I don't have any rise from Kazah. But clearly Midavav this meter was a, a trait of this family. Nakshon Ben Aminada, which he received from Aminada. And we could hypothesize that the meters of Nakshon Ben Aminada, some other things we know about him, such as his willingness and ability to delight. Jumping. Jumping. It. The it's answer right. of when everyone else is standing back, sounds spontaneous. Now this seems to be his meter, his family's meter, is about going back to Aminada. So I would suggest Nadavan Aminada. They might be paternally descendants of Aaron, whose role is to be the Ovi, exactly as he was told in Hashim. But on their mother's side, Elisheva, Bas, <laughs> Amin, Adel, that's where I think they get a bit of their spontaneity, a bit of that, I'll let you fill in the adjectives, <laughs> of impulsivity, and that drive to serve Hashem <laughs> with self-expression. The name Nadav, you know, a name characterizes on a shama, and now the tension is of entirely different proportions. Right? So clear. Aaron's his, his children are struck down for this on that very day. Nashtim and aminadav is celebrated. Aaron's sense of being excluded, and his sheven is excluded, because your job as a kain, as a lady, your job is more, you would say, yira than a Right? Your job is to be ovated with a sense of discipline, can I get a little personal only because we're so close? Sure. Only yeah. because we're so close? Sure. Feel comfort to do this with Hanuch. We know there's different machnas in Kali Yisrael. And each one introduces their own flavor into Knesset Yisrael. Sure. Chanoch is a proud yaka. I have no yaka <laughs> shablon. Right? I have sha shablon. I have Hasidah shablon. My uncle tells me that on, on my paternal grandmother's side. They were from Shklov, which was one of the hotbeds of, the, of some of the fighting between the Hasidim and the Misnagetim. Apparently, my great-great-great-great-grandfather eloped. He was from the Hasidish side, and he eloped with a girl from the Misnaget side, which was considered a horrible intermarriage <laughs> in the 1870s in Shklov. So <laughs> I, but Yakish I have colorful uh, 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 um, colorful influences in Kladysi on my family, but no Yakesh. Okay. So I can take you on a little, Hanuf. Yeah, the Yakesh, they taught us what? What? Mita? On time. <laughs> and being very medectic. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say a meter of gvura discipline, joking aside. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each machina teaches us a certain meter in Hashem, correct? 100%. Other machinas and callings shall stress other meters. So I would say in a certain sense, uh, to really generalize things, what's becoming apparent is, shave Levi, and Aaron, you're the Ovdim. Your job is gvura, loshina. I'm going to say euphemistically, you're the yaka, mm-hmm. right? You're the yaka. I think of a certain meaning. In a certain city, I know that once where the atomic clock fell down and broke, and someone gave a clock, we need to declare a fast day, like the Sefer Torah would fall, because in this group the atomic clock is Kaidish kadash, right? We're, but but we're joking. But it, it's those who dare Maha and is very much about what, diktok, and, and that's one meeting of right? I'm suggesting the Kohanim as Obedim that was that thing, but all the other shvatim, their job was to serve Hashem with creativity and chiddish. That's most of the shvatim. That's most of Chal And that, I believe, is the tsar of Aaron, that he and Hashem are not included. The only answer is the menorah. Can someone guess now why the menorah is the one and only answer? As we said, no other avodah is going to satisfy him, because all their avodas he has to do with a sense of avdas, submission Tasha. But why does the menorah satisfy him? What does the chazal, Seferim Machshavah, what does the menorah represent? Taurus Shavalp, as the gemara tells us, Parotza sheyachkim yadrin, because Mosbeach bedarom. You want Chachmah, you want wisdom. Face the south because the menorah is to the south. This means the Chachmah Taurus Shavalp The maral says. Unlike the Arun, which contains the safer Torah, the Arun represents Torah Shebeksav, that is where Hashem revealed himself to Moshe. The menorah, which we kindle, represents Chokhmah of Torah Shebal Peh. This is, of course, very much of a Hanukkah idea. So actually, when you think about it, when the Kohen kindles the menorah, as much as he might be engaged in an avodah, he is actually opening up the tzino. He's opening up the pipeline from the kolachach Hiddish and all of Klal The fact that any yid and any base medrash, the fact that any yid around the Shabbos table can be touched in his own personal way, and that is coming because of the menorah. So Aaron is actually the engine of all Hiddish and Klal Albeit his avodah is to submit himself to Hashem. He's the ovid. He's the coming. But I suggest what the menorah is teaching him is your submission, your gvura, is not gvura for gvura's own sake. It's gvura for the sake of av. Because you do your job and you fulfill your mission, as a Hashem, with a sense of total dedication and no deviation, that is what in turn enables a shefa for all of us to be creative. So, Aram, don't see your gvura. And your diktuk and your if I may call yakishkeit. Don't see that as something sterile and wooden. It's a means to enable an engaged and of Yisrael's part. And we each have a different cheluk. And we know this. There are some of us whose their cheluk in life is, shall I say, more the keepers of books, more the bookkeeper types. Right? The cross and the t's, the dot and the i's, the medacticum. Right? And we need that. And we need that. And we need the calling to be ovid with a sense of total subordination. Because if you don't have the calling being ovid with total subordination at the, root of, at the roots of it, I'm going to suggest that you're going to have free for all. Chidush HaTorah, creativity, Yiddish Kai, begins with the calling with a sense of total dedication. I'm going to like this menorah as Hashem said, Loshim. Because all Chidush has to begin with total commitment and submission to the way Hashem wants when that's in place, then a scene can open up a total creativity, passion, and that's really the balance that we always seek between Av and Yira. That is Aaron's answer. This is justifying to Aaron, not only his own role, but in turn the role of all of Levi. Because you, you appreciate that Rashi says that Aaron felt bad, not only that he was personally excluded from the Nesim Zapota, but that his entire shaven of Levi was excluded this is giving us really giving us new perspective what the Levium are all about. As much as the Zaira Kaddish tells us the Levium are Oveid May Yera shave at Levy's job is Kvur Step and so on. This, but this is regimented but this is in turn it's a regimented protocol to enable Chiddush and want to now return to our parsha and trace this a bit in the pulse of the Parsha. Right after Menorah, what is the next narrative, the next Parsha, which immediately follows Aaron and the menorah. What immediately happens? Then a Parsha follows, don't remember. We then have the elevation of the Levim, the entire Seder Havod, so the entire protocol that made the Levim Kodesh. Aaron sacrificed them and shape, their heads and so forth. The kedusha of the Levim happened specifically here following the menorah. I believe the reason is because the menorah, according to Rashi, and as per our further development, was teaching Aaron what he and his Shevet are all about and how to embrace their role, how to embrace their role. Now the Levim can be Nisala. Now the Levim can come into their own with a sense of resonance, pride in what I am. Because each of us, each person, each shaved, as we said, each it with their own naschatvila, their own tarachavoda, nothing is more important than each yachid and each machana and klaal yisrael to be proud of their role and their contribution. That's one Hashem 101. So now, this new understanding of the role for the Levine, they shouldn't feel sterile and wooden with their Avoda regiment and mahalach. Now the Levine can become kadosh. <laughs> So seen this way, Parsha Spawlovska is introducing to us this balance between creativity and initiative in Avaita Hashem along with deference to Shalom's authority to Masora, to Dikduk, this very basic and fundamental issue. I would suggest that the Parsha continues along these lines because most of what happens in Parsha Spalospa following this is about the traveling from Harsinai and <clears> on. <throat> has been at, at Harsinai for approximately a year and now it's time to move on. And they are given the entire protocol how they should travel and how they should travel. What is the traveling from Harsinai all about? What is the traveling from Harsinai all about? At Harsinai we heard the Rabboni Shalom. We shook, we quaked at Harsinai with a sense of total submission, Tasha. Now it's time to move on from Harsinai. The Rebona Sha'ovun she'er you might say, is over. Now it's our job to perform. Now we're going to come into our own. Now it's going to be our job to be creative, to be mechadash. But we have to do it. Never losing a sense of our tether you're tethered to Sinai and that submission to the Neshulam and Tierra. the dynamics of Aaron and Levi and this whole balance is what we need to think about as we're traveling on from Harsinai in a certain sense if you think on an individual level psychological level but on an individual level this reminds me of maturation and coming into adulthood A child is largely a dependent. A child is becoming nurtured, but he's dependent. But as the child gets older, they more and more come into their own. And they become independent. But now we can have certain tensions. I'm going to be myself. Should I rebel? Should I do it my way? Where can I have this healthy sense of self and my own way of doing things? And this is true in Kodesh Shan. So. My own ability to do things my way, but have covered for my Messiah and my parents, and to have personal expression within a Messiah. It's a, it's, it's a balance which really takes maturity. Adolescents, of course, struggle with this. They're developing some sense of self and capability to do things themselves, right? Uh, but they're not quite there yet. And the tension, am I my parents' child? Am I myself? Who am I? Do I need to rebel against that? Right? They struggle with that. Hopefully, if a person becomes a healthy adult, the balance of finding self along with dedication to Messiah and so it all comes together, correct? This analogy for what Kali So needs to do as they're leaving Har Sinai. They need to become adults, develop beyond childhood as the Hashem. Hashem is done talking, now we're going to do our thing. We're going to be creative, but we're still going to be dedicated to what we learn. This mashal, actually, is not simply my own. It's explicit in Chazal in our parasha. Because we know at the end of our parasha, Kal Yisrael gets into real deep trouble. Kal Yisrael really starts rebelling big time at the end of the parasha. The Masonen and the Asafs of give us meat, give us this, give us that. They're engaged in pretext to find problems. They're fetching. And it all begins with one mistake, according to Chazal. They ran away from the mountain. They ran away from Harsinai. Like a child who runs away from school. They left Harsinai with a sense of, so good to be out of here. I always enjoy this Chazal, Pashas Baloso, because it always coincides with this time of year when the children are leaving school. It, it, It corresponds perfectly. And we identify with it. That every child in a sense, it's so great to be out of here already. But call us who are at task here. What is the deeper meaning of Tina Kabarek and makes Safer? It's that a child feels stifled, feels stifled <clears throat> by authority. I want to be free. I believe call Yisrael struggling with this issue at this juncture when they're leaving Sinai and beyond. Throughout the parish now, they're beginning to complain and fetch and try to find problems with the way Hashem does things. We're traveling too quickly, Hashem. What are you doing? These are childish sort of questions. You think of an adolescent who tries to find disorderliness and problems in their parent, right? Perhaps I'm somewhat new to this. You know, my oldest—believe it or not—I have a teen now, which is hard to believe, mm-hmm. right? And the notion of being questioned and the like. The veterans are looking at me like, "Welcome to the club here," right? But that's what Tinek Berech Maseh Safer is really all about. The Parsha coming very much together from this perspective. It's all about the struggle to find self and yet be tethered to Masorah as the Kohanim, Volvim, as Aaron are teaching us. And I was just one great example of this balance is the Parsha of Sheni. In, in this Parsha, what do we have here? We have a bunch of Yiddin who are not happy with the status quo, who wanted a role in Avayr Hashem, and they found a way to voice their issue with the utmost reverence and Hashem validated cheresh. <laughs> what happened? Right, these Yiddin were at they were unable to hack the carbon pasach; they were unable to offer the carbon pasach. Ramanigara, why should we be less than? So they had a taina, but they didn't confess about it. They voiced it. No confession. No childish. Adult conversation here is the way I envision it. And the greatest chiddush came out. Chiddush in Torah called Pasach Sheni, which represents second chances and the notion that we can do things ourselves even from a lowly position. Hashem finds a way forward. If we take that first step, might notice they had to take the first step and come and demand this. Hashem was waiting for them. This chiddush of Pasach Sheni, which represents in, in Sifrimah Machshava second chances and tshuva and so on, but it, always, it has to come from our end. Right? Chiddush new creative paths to people who are impure and would be rejected, feel rejected, ostracized according to the initial approach. But this is creativity in Yiddishkeit and so many movements of, Tyritika movements of creativity come with this sense. Tzadok believes that Pesach Shani really represents any initiative of yiddin who needed to find a new approach to HaVadus Hashem because they felt impure based on the so-called traditional methods and that entire route there's a way to do certain things. This is really... Creativity in Yiddishkeit kind of done the right way. They do it the right way. And that's what Pashas Paolo was teaching us in terms of this balance. To me, it resonates from this perspective, a statement of Rashi. To me, it's a, a very moving Rashi. When Rashi talks about how these impure people, these tummy people, walked up to Moshe and voiced their complaint, and Rashi describes a scene. Moshe was on the table, Aaron was at the table, they were Yoshua in the base medrash, and they approached Moshe and Aaron in the base medrash, And they talked this through in the base medrash, and it was only when they couldn't figure it out that then Hashem was called on. What is the deeper meaning of this Chazal portraying a base medrash scene here in the story of Pesach Sheini? More than simply a fact, this is the way it was, that there's a meaning here. I suggest Chazal is saying this is what the base medrash is all about. The base medrash, that's where we duke it out and we argue and we're creative and we think it's a base medrash scene happening in Pesach Sheini it's not simply a story of Pesach Shady this is what we do in the base medish all the time and I have a novel thought and you disagree with me and we argue and we express ourselves in Yiddishkeit there's something timeless about this theme in our Parsha be creative, have your own thoughts but never lose reverence which now takes us to the end of the Parsha the end of our Parsha is all about again and again People question the greatest authority, the greatest human authority, which is Maisha Abenu, right? Certainly Miriam at the end, Lafi Madre she touches Maisha Abenu in a very, very personal way, questioning his intimate private affairs, which he's faulted for. Now, extrapolating from Miriam down to our own Madre I would dare say you have people, you have people who like to challenge Torah authority by trying to humanize and question their private affairs, look askance at it. Now, if we can extrapolate, as we need to do from Chumash, from Miriam with her altruistic with her intentions, down to people who challenged the Maisha Banus in later generations, there's something very deep about trying to humanize people and touch on their personal affairs that there's something about challenge authority, which is very, very troubling, and very, that's what I think we're supposed to learn from this story. And it's weaving right in. But there's a way, as we saw in the Pasach Shady story, there's a way to even voice grievance in a respectful way, and to be creative and the like, which finally, and we'll end with this, is what we see in the parsha in the El Medad story. What happens here is you have two people, El Medad, who are prophesied, who are sing their own avo, which is seen, seen by some such as Yeshua as a challenge to Moshe. There's another Navi in the house, especially according to Rashi. What is their Navi? They're talking about Moshe's going to die. Right? So you can imagine Moshe right, uh, Yeshua, with his righteous indignation takes up for the Rebbe Moshe. And what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? I don't feel competition here at all. Would, I shab, would it be that I shall allow everyone to become a Navi that is not a freestanding Pesach anymore? I believe that's again part of this balance. Deference to authority doesn't mean to stifle other voices. No, my shirabi says I want everyone to be a Navi. I want everyone to have a daya to be expressed in a a healthy way. But in a a healthy way as a Navi, has a big contrast to some of these other examples. So I think the parsha now comes together around this cohesive theme. May we all be Zaika to have personal creativity, self-expression in Yiddishkeit, coupled with deference to Tyra, to authority, to Messiah. This balance really is what it's all about.